Those are all things that we're looking at. Uh, this is not the norm in the current environment that we're in. And so we're, we're trying to do our best, especially since this is a cash flow based loan to make sure that uh, whatever happened to them, it, it's somewhat of a blip in the radar and going forward is going to mirror kind of what they were prior to going into the pandemic. Welcome to the MBBI Trends in M&A podcast. I'm Greg Wolfen with Whipley Corporate Finance Advisors, your host for today's broadcast. Today's guests are Paula Cook, Senior Vice President, SBA National Sales Director with the Huntington Bank, along with Tom Meyer, Senior Vice President, SBA Division Manager with Centrust Bank. Both are very active SBA lenders. Paula is also the current MBBI president. Thank you very much, Paula. Along with being a sponsor for both the Illinois and Wisconsin chapters for MBBI. Tom is the current MBBI executive vice president and 2022 president-elect. Thank you, Tom. He is also a platinum sponsor for MBBI Illinois, as well as a Wisconsin chapter sponsor. Thank you both for joining us today. Paula, we're going to start with you first today, ladies first. Please introduce yourself and your bank. Well, thanks, Greg. And first of all, I'd like to thank you for all of your efforts and time that you've put into launching these podcasts. And a special thank you to Midwest Business Brokers and Intermediaries and to the Enclave for this opportunity for Tom and I to be here today to provide some additional insights to our members and business communities on SBA lending. Uh, my name is Paula Cook, National Sales Director with Huntington Bank. And I lead our SBA sales team, who are uh, consist of all SBA product specialists throughout our lending markets for SBA financing. Huntington Bank is a full-service banking provider headquartered out of Columbus, Ohio, servicing primarily all of the Midwest. Uh, the bank is approximately $175 billion in assets, and we have a true welcome-to-all philosophy that really centers around deepening our customer relationships and building capabilities to best meet our customers' needs. Terrific. Uh, thank you very much, Paula. Tom, why don't you introduce yourself and SunTrust Bank? Uh, thanks, Greg. Uh, Tom Meyer with SunTrust Bank. We're a uh, smaller community bank located in Northbrook, Illinois. Uh, we service primarily the Chicagoland area, but we also uh, cover Wisconsin and northern Indiana. We're about a $175 million bank, and uh, we focus on business owner clients. Terrific. Um, you know, both Paul Paula and Tom are very active, uh, as I mentioned, SBA lenders, uh, um, but they do focus on acquisition lending, and that's going to be kind of one of our key topics of discussion today. Uh, um, but before we go into that, uh, Paula, why don't we start with you first, and why don't you give our audience a little bit of, you know, what is SBA lending, and how was that different than, say, traditional commercial lending? Sure. So SBA, first of all, stands for Small Business Administration. This program is a government-guaranteed program of which any lender can participate in. Uh, some banks, most banks actually, will hold a PLP status or a preferred lender status. 
of which they're endorsed by the SBA to approve loans on behalf of the SBA and the program requirements. Um, as a PLP lender, mo they, most likely they will have their own process, they'll have their own credit lanes and their own appetite for which of the SBA programs they want to participate in. For those that do not have a PLP delegation, they will need to go directly to the SBA for concurrence and approval for their proposed structuring. It's also really important to note that the dollars used for SBA loans are actual bank dollars, not government dollars. It's the government guarantee percentage, though, that's provided by the SBA that's leveraged by the bank to perhaps take on a different level of risk than you would otherwise in a conventional structure, knowing that the guarantee provided by the SBA is part of the program and can mitigate some of the um, defaults. You asked the difference between traditional lending and commercial lending or SBA lending and commercial lending. SBA lending is a cash flow lending solution versus a collateral lending solution, such as your conventional platforms. SBA financing needs cash flow from the borrowing operating company. It doesn't necessarily require collateral, and the program does not require covenants or monitoring, whereas your conventional lending programs most likely will. Now, there are some other program requirements, though, that are different than conventional lending as well such as guarantor requirements, depending on ownership percentage, and collateral requirements if the collateral is available and eligible, depending on the SBA program that the, bar, that, that the institution will use. 7A is the flagship program with SBA, 504, CAP lines, Express, are just a few of the many programs the SBA offers. So this will feel different than a traditional conventional program, and some institutions may have their own internal overlay or credit decisioning outside of what the SBA actually allows. Oh, very good. And, and a key point to kind of reiterate is no covenants. Correct. And no monitoring or limited monitoring uh, in that regard. Um, and then when we're utilizing the SBA for small and mid, mid-sized business transactions, uh, why should you know business owners or future business owners consider the SBA as part of their financing review versus a traditional lender? And Tom, maybe you can uh, talk about any incentives, benefits uh, for doing so versus the traditional commercial lending process. Uh, sure, as Paula mentioned, uh, no covenants, no monitoring. That doesn't mean uh, we don't want the payments made on time. So I think it's important that uh, to note that with any loan, uh, paying it on time is definitely important. But uh, you know, it's, we work with uh, people that are coming out of corporate America, typically, or maybe they're a part of a family business, or maybe they're just getting out of college or medical or dental school, and they uh, you know, want to start their own business, or in many times, they want to acquire an existing company. Uh, acquiring existing business uh, is technically takes a little bit more wherewithal as far as money down and a loan that you would need. However, you are buying a business that has established cash flow, established customers, and it does make it a lot easier to be able to grow going forward. Utilizing the SBA 7A loan program, you're able to uh, put less money down than you would typically have to put down uh, with a traditional commercial loan, and you don't necessarily have to be fully collateralized as long as you pledge the collateral that you have available to pledge. The other thing that's important is that you can finance a business acquisition with a 10-year term and a 10-year amortization. Um, in this current lending environment, uh, banks are typically not going to want to do a traditional commercial loan for you to buy a business without having you put at least 25 or 30 or more down, percent down, and would want it to be fully collateralized typically with real estate or stocks or cash. 
So the SBA is really the only avenue that you can use right now uh, as far as buying an existing company that uh, is in the United States. Hey, Tom uh, and Paula, um, if I am an employee and I'm approached by the owner of the company, are there any benefits for me exploring the SBA for possibly uh, purchasing out my employer and becoming either a partial or a full owner of that business? Uh, are there any additional incentives or uh, programs available to help employees uh, transition into ownership uh, through the SBA? I don't know if there's necessarily additional incentives for that particular situation, but that's the SBA 7A loan is, is what you would use. Uh, there is a requirement for all business acquisition lending that a 10% equity cash injection is made. However, uh, an employer or a manager that's already existing in the business understands the business, knows the business, knows the customers, knows the employees. Uh, those are um, better people to purchase the business than maybe someone coming in from the outside. Uh, additionally, the seller would uh, know them and trust them and potentially be willing to provide maybe some of the equity in the form of a seller note or provide additional uh, incentives to them to buy it versus someone from the outside. As it relates to incentives from the government or the SBA right now due to the current uh, COVID environment and, and us essentially exiting that, uh, there are programs that the SBA has put into place to incentivize people uh, to obtain SBA loans. The challenge is those are ending uh, at the end of September. Uh, they're willing to pay three months of payments up to $9,000 and they're willing to waive the SBA fees. Uh, we have now, not is that the end of September or the beginning of September. Sorry, the end of September, okay, and you so have to have, have the to loan. Act fast. You have to act fast. You have yes. to have the loan actually authorized or approved by the SBA uh, be, uh, in order to take advantage of that. So you don't necessarily have to have it closed and funded by the end of September, but you have to have it approved and authorized. Um, I don't know. Maybe Paula knows if there have been any mention about that or and continuing those incentives, but uh, at this time. Uh, we haven't heard anything. So it's still a great program, whether they uh, waive the loan fees and pay three months of payments up to nine grand or not. It's still the best possible uh, lending uh, program that you can use in order to acquire an existing business. Yeah, and that date is September 30th is the cutoff date to have that authorization in place, like Tom had mentioned. And I would just like to add, there's no guarantee. We could get a notice this afternoon. We could get a notice tomorrow as far as funds available um, I don't know any more than anyone else does as far as, you know, outside of rumors, but um, September 30th is the date you want. Okay, so that's a crucial date regarding some of the uh, uh, incentives for deferring payments on those loans. Uh, any other uh, advantages for using the SBA where possibly a, a buyer of a small business or mid-sized business is looking to not only just acquire the business, but also the real estate? Uh, um, can you guys maybe talk about how... Uh, you know, blended amortizations may be used and uh, a little bit about the process where the business and the real estate may be acquired by the uh, the purchaser. Yeah, and that's a great question. Tom, Tom alluded to some of the, the uses of SBA financing with partner buyouts or, or change of ownership acquisitions. Um, not, and, and also the, the equity injection, what we'll call equity injection or the downstroke, the down payment, which is typically less in an SBA structure than it would be for a conventional structure, which would require more. Um, but the, the program will use equipment. We can use um, real estate, owner-user real estate um, in partner buyouts. So when you're buying a business with real estate, um, longer amortizations are available on acquisitions. If there's no real estate, it's a 10-year amortization that's possible. When you do have real estate, and depending on how much of your purchase goes towards real estate versus towards the acquisition, 
We can either look to blend the amortization. So you may have a shorter AM on your, re on your business acquisition and a longer amortization on your real estate. We can blend those two. Or if the majority, 51% or more of your purchase goes towards real estate, you can maximize a 25-year term in that moment. So buying a business with real estate where 51% or more of those proceeds goes towards the real estate, you can maximize on a 25-year amortization. Definite benefits over those structures than your true conventional structures that are offered. Terrific. And as an advisor to uh, clients that may seek SBA financing, what other uses are you seeing uh, your customers uh, um, that qualify for SBA financing uh, use the money for outside of the business acquisition? Um, well, like Paula said, uh, you know, if you occupy a space right now and you're leasing it, lease rates have gone up significantly over the last couple of years. You might have an opportunity to be able to buy it. Uh, you could move to a larger location. You could open a second or a third location. Uh, some buyers right now are, or business owners are actually constructing a new location. Um, so there's all different types. As long as it's used for a business purpose, uh, the SBA loan program under the 7A scenario, which actually has a maximum loan amount of $5 million, um, is the best possible loan program that you can use. Uh, this year, the government will probably uh, guarantee $20 billion in SBA loans, give or take. Uh, you know, that's grown every year uh, since the program was first introduced in 1953. Good. Good. And if I am a borrower and if I'm advising our clients to be a prospect, you know, to review the SBA, uh, what should we expect from an underwriting perspective? Any differences? Uh, um, you know, we've mentioned collateral. Talk about the underwriting pers perspective and the collateral requirements uh, required to participate and utilize the SBA as a funding source. Yeah, I think we can both tag on this, but, um, you know, two things that stick out, there's a lot of them, but two that really stick out for me is, you know, having a business plan. This is the time for you as a business owner, existing business owner, or a new business owner to tell your story. What is your value proposition? What are you looking to do? What is your project? Um, know what your financial health is, your own personal financial health in the form of a personal financial statement. Have that prepared. Have it reflect what your assets are, your liabilities, your cash, your investments. Basically know your worth as a business owner. If you have a story from the past, be certain and prepared to share it with your lender. Um, and understand your project. Again, are you growing? Are you expanding? Are you buying that building? Do you need capital? Do you need some source of um, injection into your business to acquire a new line of work? Maybe you're acquiring a new business as a strategic add-on, or maybe you're um, you know, looking to buy a new business as a first-time business owner. So we want to understand your mindset and your story, your business plan as a starting point. Tom, would you add anything? Yeah, I, I would, you know, with anything, if you're either an existing business or you're an individual looking to buy an existing business, um, because it's a government-guaranteed program, they look very heavily at the cor corporate and personal tax returns. So having the last three years of those returns prepared is going to be important. Additionally, um, you know, having up-to-date financial statements from the company. Uh, here we are, you know, in the middle of July, so we would be expecting to see you know, the first six months of the year for, um, you know, from a business. The other thing is, is we just came out of a COVID environment. And so uh, any of the financials or the tax returns that we look at from 2020 are, are likely going to be uh, negative or they're going to be extremely positive. Um, and it's important to understand, you know, what went into that. 
uh, we're going to put uh, a little bit more reliance maybe on the 18 and 19 years and then look to see how they've come out of COVID and how it's affected them in, in, in 2021. If we were looking at the first six months of 2021, we might also look at the last six months uh, or the, I'm sorry, the first six months of 2020. We also might look at the last 12 months to see if maybe uh, looking at that information gives us a better picture. Um, if you're buying an existing business, it's likely they applied for and received uh, PPP loans, uh, both in the first and second round. It's likely they received emergency disaster loans. What did they do with those funds? Have they gotten those forgiven? Those are all things that we're looking at. Uh, this is not the norm in the current environment that we're in. And so we're we're trying to do our best, especially since this is a cash flow based loan, to make sure that uh, whatever happened to them, it, it's somewhat of a blip in the radar and going forward is going to mirror kind of what they were prior to going into the pandemic. No, and that, those are all very good points. Uh, so it sounds like there may be a little more robust underwriting provisions slightly at the the start of the process utilizing the SBA, but the eventual benefit is, you know, fixed in interest rates or lower interest rates, possibly um, longer amortizations, no covenants, you know, in terms of uh, monitoring and, and things of that nature forward. Uh, um, and then, you know, obviously the SBA, you know, you know issued and uh, um, made a lot of PPP loans to benefit, uh, um, you know, businesses that were, you know, facing a lot of uncertainty, keeping our uh, um, our employment levels high as, as high as possible through the pandemic. Uh, any tips for our business owners who have not filed for their PPP loan forgiveness yet? Uh, um, have you seen through the... I would just say do it now. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's obviously so a long process, a... Uh, you know, to gather all the documents and, and have them ready to submit to your lender, then the lender gets time to review it and approve it. And likely they're going to come back and ask for additional information. And then it's going to go to the SBA and they're going to have to review it and approve it. So the sooner you can do that, the better. I would not procrastinate on that. Um, if you haven't done it and all of a sudden you have to start making payments on it, that's probably not a good thing, especially if you expect 100% of it to be forgiven. So I would definitely start on that uh, sooner than later. Yeah, and there was round one and round two for PPP. So if you took advantage of the round one, uh, I would, to Tom's point, get your application in, get on it. Um, I believe you have a 10-month period from the end of your covered period from your first round one. Um, so for some of some customers and, and some clients, that, that time is expired here and gone or coming up <laughs> so do it, now. So do it yeah. now and if you were in round two with with round one um again same message get your application in if your institution is open to the process and 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 get that application started terrific uh, any other hot topics or points to kind of consider uh in this robust m a environment uh, any observations in general any details you can maybe share with uh, loan defaults and trends uh any industries that you guys may be avoiding to lend through the SBA? Uh, I, I would just say, you know, banks are lending uh, very actively and perhaps intentionally lending more or opening in more spaces. Um, we are we are leaning into the COVID financial crisis, really, and growing strategically to support more SBA lending. The small business um, environment is the fuel to our economy. So we are huge advocates of the program, obviously, very passionate about it. 
Um, find a great banking partner and particularly a sound partner who is very versed in the SBA program and its capabilities um, if one would choose to go that route. Yeah, I, I would agree with Paula. I mean, I think, uh, you know, the thing you have to keep in mind is that any bank within the United States uh, technically can do an SBA loan. The problem is most banks don't know how to do an SBA loan. So uh, they tend to do SBA lending as a hobby versus uh, Paula and I do it more as a career. So even though we're friendly competitors, we're both actively involved in the SBA environment. And uh, we know everyone has a guy or a gal that can help them. But uh, having a friendly guy or gal that has no clue about SBA lending is just going to do a disservice to you and uh, the whole process. So, you know, just like you would, uh, you know, go to the dentist for your teeth, you know, you should definitely get a professional SBA lender that is versed in business acquisition lending to help you. Uh, with buying a business. Uh, today's environment is great. I think a lot of business owners have realized that they do not want to go through another pandemic or another downfall in the economy, and they're anxious to sell. Um, but given what just happened, obviously, there might be some creativity in looking at the financials to try to make sure that that's going to be a viable business going forward. But um, to answer your other question, uh, knock on wood, we, we didn't really have uh, much fallout in business small business owners. I think the one good thing about Working with small business owners is they're very agile and they made changes and they adjusted. Um, you know, one would think a lot of restaurants would have gone out of business. At least all the ones we worked with um, further enhanced their delivery and carry out uh, menus and uh, how they got uh, the product to the customers. Uh, you know, the only one, you know, just because we're here in Illinois, I think the only business that we saw that really went out of business and, and may not survive, uh, we've had a couple of these, is indoor trampoline parks. Uh, you know, having to be shuttered and closed for 15 months and not having the ability to make rent payments. The landlords aren't really happy to have them there anymore. So uh, we've had a couple of customers uh, in that particular industry that have struggled and have uh, gone out of business. One customer combined two locations together. So, um, but other than that, I mean, uh, we've had a lot of customers that have done well uh, within COVID and actually grew their businesses, but they still had to change uh, the way they were doing things to adjust to the environment, which is typical small business owner. Yeah, and there and were, think, yeah. Yeah, and I think there will be some industries, hospitality-driven um, or even startup projects that may have a more of a proceed with caution as we re-enter into the new normal um, versus, uh, you know, steering away from it in totality. Well, thank you very much, Paul and Tom, for your insights. Uh, I will say with four children, I have visited the trampoline park recently, and they were busy. So even that business is starting to pick up a little bit. Um, um, but thank you guys again. Uh, very insightful, and we appreciate your knowledge as, uh, as our clients navigate uh, their financing options. Thank you to MBBI. Thank you to the Enclave Learning and Earning Center and Studio 75 and our awesome audio engineer, Ray, for hosting us today. Our guest next month will be Jason Ahrens with Alliance Bernstein. This is Greg Wolfen with Whipley Corporate Finance Advisors signing off for MBBI. Thank you and enjoy the day.